everyone, I'm Kalila Reynolds and welcome to another live edition of Taking Stock. We're bringing you all the latest business news and telling you how it will affect you and your money. Remember to head over to the website at kalilareynolds.com once this live has ended to get my newsletter straight to your inbox twice a week. And also remember to hit that like button and subscribe to this channel. Let me know in the chat, where are you joining us from tonight? What part of Jamaica? What part of the world? Now, here's a look at what's coming up in this evening's show, followed by What's Hot in Business. And come on, let's get this money. Twenty twenty two has been quite the year from constant interest rate hikes, inflation scares, and a new IMF agreement. We'll recap 2022 with financial analyst Dennis Chung and former PSOJ president Keith Duncan and the analyst Swain on the latest market developments. IPO alert! Image Plus Consultants is seeking to raise up to $495 million in an offer opening December 28, and Palace Amusement is considering a stock split. We'll discuss. But first, here's what's hot, brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. Image Plus Consultancy is looking to squeeze one more IPO in before the new year. The 26-year-old company is the owner and operator of private medical imaging firm Apex Radiology. They're looking to raise $495 million in an initial public offer. 247 million shares are on offer for $2 each. 182 million are available to the public and 65 million are reserved. The least you can buy is 5,000 shares. If the IPO is successful, it will apply to be listed on the junior market of the Jamaica Stock Exchange. The offer is set to open on December 28 and close on January 11, 2023. JMMB is the lead broker. The government of Jamaica is planning to use IMF funds to pay off a large chunk of about a billion US dollars in debt that will become due in the next two years. The IMF's Resilience and Sustainability Facility, RSF, is a new loan option that will allow Jamaica to borrow up to 763 million US dollars with an interest rate of just 3.8% and repayment over 20 years. Additionally, there is no principal repayment for 10 years. According to Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark, the government will be taking full advantage of this facility to pay off external debt maturing in the next two years. Dr. Clark says this will save the country over 35 million US dollars a year in interest costs. Meanwhile, Jamaica will also be accessing the IMF's precautionary and liquidity line, a billion dollar line of credit to offset the impact of any potential risks such as extreme weather. Palace Amusements stock price soared 150% last week after news emerged of a possible stock split. Palace's stock has struggled since the pandemic as the company was heavily impacted by COVID-19 restrictions. A stock split is often done when there is a possibly a low supply of shares in the market or the price has become expensive to investors. According to an article in the Jamaica Observer, Palace currently has the lowest number of outstanding shares on the JSE. The top 10 shareholders own 89% of the 1.4 million shares available. The company's board of directors met on Tuesday to discuss 
If a stock split is proposed, shareholders will vote on it at Palace's AGM, which is scheduled for January 24. Interest rates in the U.S. are at the highest in 15 years. The U.S. Federal Reserve has hiked rates for the seventh time this year. The central bank raised its benchmark rate 50 basis points to a range of 4.25% to 4.5%. It also indicated that more increases are likely in the new year. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said sharply higher rates are still needed to fully tame inflation. Argentina's win wasn't the only big news to come out of the World Cup final on Sunday. FIFA, the governing body responsible for the World Cup, earned a record 7.5 billion US dollars during the games. The final tally was 1 billion higher than what FIFA earned in the 2018 games. Television broadcasting rights contributed 56% to the total earnings, followed by marketing rights at 29%. FIFA was also able to cut back on travel costs and extra infrastructure as the whole tournament was conducted in one city. What's Hot was brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. This segment of Taking Stock is brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. Welcome back. Welcome back. 2022 has been quite the year. But first, let's shout out everybody who is on the chat, especially those who join us early. First comment goes to Raquel, who says, Good night, moneymakers. It's the final show of 2022. What a year. An IPO to end it just right. Who knows? Maybe we just have a couple more show up as IPO love December. A whole couple more. There's only like one week left in December. <laughs> Raquel, you're not easy at all. Robert says, hello, checking in from New Jersey. Let's get this money. Steve also calling it IPO season. Orville tuning in from Spanish town. Natoya <laughs> teasing me, saying she hopes I still have a voice left after the Burner Boy festivities. It's better than it was at Burner Boy, actually. It's coming back, so it's still not fully there. You probably hear us on a little horse still and maybe a little stuffy, but it's it's getting there. Kish says, London in the house. Big up yourself, Kish. Michelle, uh, congrats on the new speaking gig. Yes, I have a speaking gig in Puerto Rico in January, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Calvert joining us from Mobay, Auntie Ash in the U.S., Keisha in Mandeville, and Lexian in spanish town big up everybody who joins us and of course make sure that you share this video with a friend let other people know what we're doing over here at taking stock so this has been quite the tumultuous year we've had constant interest rate hikes we've had inflation and we're actually ending the year so we had this is the seventh ipo for the year and now we're also ending the year on the economic front with a new agreement with the IMF, but it's not your typical type of agreement. We're going to talk about it. Uh, recapping the year that was, we have financial analyst Dennis Chung and EPOC chairman Keith Duncan. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Keith. Hi. How are you doing, Kalida? Hi, Keith. I am great. Hi, hoping, Hi, hoping you're awesome as well. Let me take yes. out this comment here. Oops. Put it back on. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping things are, are going very well for you on your side. So, Dennis, let me start with you. What is what was the highlight of 2022 for you, either positive or negative? Um, I think the highlight for me from an economic point of view was the, the fight against the, the high inflation, um, you know, the interest rate hikes um wondering what's going to happen with prices the fact that 
the interest rate hikes were continuous and even so we were not able to deal with inflation and yet still you know um the jobs were still there um so that would i i think would have been what would have defined um 2022 from a business perspective because it, it actually took over the whole world you know as if you know um what the consequence the, the the causes were you know is another story but i think the main thing from an economic point of view is that fight against inflation yep and when you say it from a business point of view it's also on a, a personal point of view because inflation affects each and every one of us on an individual level every time you go to the supermarket i go check out there feel free to see what the total will come up to if you have to put back anything because the prices just you know were ridiculous this year uh, Keith, for you, what would you say was the highlight or were the main highlights of 2022 on the economic front? You know, after coming out of a very stressful um, year, previous year with COVID and uh, lockdowns and the economy just um, releasing the, the last set of restrictions in March of 2022 um, was the recovery of the Jamaican economy. And that was driven by tourism and the impressive recovery of tourism and how that drove the um the very impressive growth um, in the economy and that we're almost back at pre-COVID levels of um, GDP, levels of production and services of the, in the economy. So for me, that was um, that was great in spite of all the challenges, in spite of, um, you know, the, uh, the, 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 you know, the latent effects of COVID and secondly, the Russia-Ukraine situation that the Jamaican economy was able to recover so strongly. Um, you know, quite impressive. Just, I mean, within two years, we are almost back at pre-COVID levels. You know, that really is something that gets overlooked, especially since, you know, we we have been focusing on inflation front. But indeed, the economy has begun its recovery and the growth in tourism. My goodness, that is something that you know, I'm glad that you brought that up, Keith, uh, as something that we ought to be focusing on. And, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about that as well. But let's come back to inflation because I do think, and I, I agree with Dennis that it was story number one in 2022. Is it actually easing? Because the, the the officials are telling us that it seems to be easing up now. Is it, Dennis? Um, yeah, um, the prices in the U.S. have been coming down. Um, the last count, prices dipped slightly. Um, we're also seeing in the U.S. numbers that retail sales are down. Um, that is always an indication, and it, it shows that the reason why prices are coming down um, is because the demand is falling um, when you see retail sales down. But even in Jamaica, um, we have been seeing falling oil prices, you know, um, and and that is is always an, a, a, a big relief. Yeah. So I think it's it's starting to the interest rate hikes are starting to take effect. We're still seeing record levels of tourism. Um, and that's because when people plan for vacation, you know, they would have paid in, in advance, many of them. Um, so we, we're not seeing the full effect on Jamaica yet. There's always a lag effect, but certainly the US is starting to see it and we're seeing that the stock prices are starting to be affected um, on the U.S. stock markets. And to a lesser extent here, um, I personally think that the U.S. has gone a little too far 
with with its late latest um, um, rate hike and also the hawkishness. Um, I think that is scaring the markets. Um, but it's a it's a very delicate balance that they have to achieve. But I think inflation is 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 actually. I think it has peaked for us, and you know we're, we're going to see it starting to fall off now. So you, you think the U.S. has gone too far, but what about here in Jamaica? Because the BOJ has been following suit. They've had multiple rate hikes this year. Yeah, well, the BOJ has to follow suit because they, they, if they don't, then the, the spreads between interest rates between Jamaica and the U.S. Um, is going to be too small, and it, it's going to cause a currency depreciation. So the U.S. did a, a rate hike recently. Um, um, I think that we're going to have to follow suit, uh, you know, or else we're going to see it in the in the currency depreciation. And that's what a lot of people need to understand that, um, you know, the, the the currency depreciation effect is going to be much worse than the interest rate hike effect. Um, and it's going to be a, a little more permanent. Um, so I think they have to follow suit. Um, next time, um, or else we're going to see um, currency starting to depreciate more. Oh, I definitely want to hear Keith on that issue. So okay. Orville says, thanks to BOJ, my car loan monthly repayment going up. I just got the same letter from my financial institution as well, that it's going up by 2%, a whole 2%, like all at once. <laughs> well, Kalilo. Um, the, 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 the policy of the, um, of the Bank of Jamaica is to drive interest rates up and the monetary transmission channel that they use are, um, are a couple of them. One, controlling the exchange rate and keeping it stable. If you notice, the exchange rate has not um, depreciated year, um, for the entire year. It has been stable within a very tight range, somewhere around 153, 154 in that range. And that's to control important inflation. Secondly, they have, they have used the um, interest rate tool and they have been proactive. I would say it's the Fed that has lagged the Bank of Jamaica. The Bank of Jamaica has been very proactive and preemptive and has actually got, got note ahead of the curve. And um, in terms of and in terms of looking to bring inflation in check and they have been very proactive, I would say, the Bank of Jamaica. Now, have they gone too far? I believe at the last, um, at the last, that their last monetary policy committee, they indicated that this would be their last. Um, um, they would be looking to hold at this point unless data comes in. And as Dennis pointed out, the Fed moved again. But I believe that the Bank of Jamaica would have anticipated the Fed moving once again. They probably even thought that the Fed would move more aggressively. But the Fed, um, one at one point, people thought the Fed would move 75 basis points and then move 50. And this is why I want the, um, even the bonds have um, rallied and have, um, in terms of the 10-year Treasury, the 20-year Treasuries have rallied um, and gotten yields have come in. So therefore, um, I'm, I'm, I'm aligned with Dennis in terms of we're seeing the back end of inflation. It's still, um, it's still, and as we see slowing in the U.S. economy, on them so therefore um the boj policy actions are designed to have um for the banks and they to move interest rates to slow domestic demand right and to slow and to um, reduce purchasing power so that um that does not flow into increased prices to the consumer no it's an unfortunate consequence what is um it's a policy action to ensure that um inflation comes within the range and i think they want they expect inflation to be in the range of nine to eleven percent over the next quarter or two, 
and then come back within the four to six percent range um, by the end of 2023. You know, I'm off two minds about the interest rate increases because, okay, yes, you have the Bank of Jamaica making their case that it is needed and this is going to be the impact that's going to bring down inflation. But when I get my letter saying that my loan payment is going up, uh, that, well, that's, that's, that's you know, so that you can reduce your that reduce your purchasing power calculus so you don't go out and buy a new car right away. They want you to slow down demand so that prices don't go up. But we already have the car and I already paid the loan. <laughs> so it means not have to buy less groceries for my family. What? And and the thing is that the, the banks have been slow and to to react to the BOJ's increase, which is a good thing in general because you know we didn't want those increases in our loan rates. But now that they're coming, they're coming in large chunks. So the BOJ has been raising their rates. 0.5%, 0.5%, 0.5%. And now all of a sudden we get licked with a 2%, a 2.5% and even more in our interest rates repayments. And I think the, bank, the banks have been holding strain because of the impact on their, on their existing borrowers. What they would have been trying to do is pass on higher rates to um, new lenders and trying to hold strain on existing borrowers because they would have gone in their... Um, and done their credit analysis based on their uh, current income. And, you know, so they've been kind of holding strain and the Bank of Jamaica has said, no, you need to, this channel needs to work. You need to increase your deposit rates. You need to increase your loan rates and have been using moral suasion to put the bank, push the, put the banks to, push the banks to increase rates to, um, to borrowers and increase deposit rates also. But Dennis, what impact do you see the increase in interest rates having on business and consumer spending in 2023? Well, it's going to reduce the um, the purchasing power. Um, so you're going to see a reluctance to take on loans. Um, it could mean that people can go more with um, try to go more with equity financing. Um, the biggest concern is really on the existing loan portfolios. And, and how is that going to impact? And I think that's why um, Keith said that the banks were trying to hold strain on that um, because, you know, someone who does not have a loan yet can take the decision um, not to. Now, if you, if you have too much of an interest rate increase, um, then, you know, you could start affecting things like your, your performing, non-performing portfolio and that sort of thing. And, and that is a real concern. Um, as inflation comes on in the U.S., hopefully, I'm hoping that in 2023 um, that the Fed will actually reverse its policy of increasing interest rates. But they're sounding very hawkish, and, and that's a concern. Um, but my, my concern really is the existing loans, um, and particularly on cars and mortgages. Um, I think that would see the first hit. Businesses, I think, would be a little more sophisticated in their planning and, and have more flexibility. But the individuals in terms of cars and mortgages is, is really where the concern should be. Yeah, yeah. Shane actually has this comment. He wants to know, wouldn't this lead to a lot of default on loans, though, and lead to much bigger problems? As a banker, what do you think, Keith? Well, um, it definitely would. And, and what the banks need to take into account is the when they do their ratios of the individual and retail customers and they might have to make adjustments in extended duration the, um, and so that they can um, reduce payments. 
So, um, you know, the banks need to work with individual customers because you don't want to push your individual customer into default because it doesn't work for the customer. Neither does it work for the bank because then they have to go and now provide for um, for delinquency, delinquent loans. So therefore, it's in the best interest of the, um, the commercial banks to really look at finding solutions. You know, um, as we did with COVID, when you did our moratoriums or extending the maturities um, to ensure that, you know, you don't push your clients into a difficult situation. And, um, and there will be some of that, but there are some that may have a little bit more room and be able to absorb it. But for those who are right on the edge, they may need to get, the banks may need to work with their individual customers and work that through. Mm. Let's touch on this latest announcement from the Ministry of Finance in the past week. Jamaica has a new IMF deal. Not the traditional type of IMF deal, though. Dennis, what does this mean? First of all, explain what it is, and then what does this mean for the economy? Well, um, a good chunk of it, $700 million, is going to be repaying um, debt um, that is more expensive. So as the minister said, we'll save about 35 million US dollars a year from it. And, you know, anyone who is thinking prudently would take a decision like that. Um, it's like refinancing your mortgages, your mortgage with a lower in interest rate mortgage. Um, so it makes sense. Um, the other one is a, a sort of standby arrangement, a precautionary arrangement. And when you think about it, going into 2023, um, if we see all these headwinds ahead of us and there's a high possibility that the U.S. could go into recession based on how the Fed is sounding and the indicators we've seen so far um, for this quarter, um, it makes sense for the government to have and for Jamaica to have this precautionary line because we saw what happened when there was a fallout in tourism and earnings just went straight down. If the U.S. goes into recession and it starts affecting consumer spending, which I don't think it has affected it that much yet, um, although we've seen retail prices come down, I think um, that is more, you know, that, that's some demand um, rolled back, but also um, the supply chain improving. Um, I, 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 I think that you know we're gonna we're gonna want to hold on to that insurance policy for 2023. Um, so I think it's a good thing because, you know, we, we, we could have shocks from tourism fallout because of the recession or a natural disaster. Um, so definitely, I think we want to hold on to it. Oh, those natural disasters, especially those hurricanes every year, we just have to, to look out and prepare as best as we can. Keith, what opportunities are you seeing emerging for 2023? Yeah, let, let me just let me let me let me read to you the definition. The precursor um, and liquidity line is a new instrument um, that was that was um, created by the IMF, right? And it's designed to flexibly meet the liquidity needs of member countries with sound economic fundamentals and with some limited remaining vulnerabilities, which preclude from using the flexible credit line, right? So it sets a very low bar, and it's for countries that have sound policies in place good economic fundamentals but with limited remaining vulnerabilities so you know as a as a business person or a minister of finance i would immediately draw um draw a line like this as um with with, with remaining vulnerabilities as dennis just pointed out 
you know. Right. And they, Dr. Clark they, was very proud that we actually qualified for this uh this exactly, line of credit. Exactly. And secondly, that as Dennis said, the um the resilient the resilience and sustainability facility is at a rate of 3.8%. If um GOJ Globals of the same tenor, because this is a 20-year facility with a 10-year moratorium on principle, right? And so it's very favorable terms at 3.8%. You save your 30 odd million US dollars a year. This is really, um, it is really good for Jamaica's financial, external, um, external um, balance, balance of payments and for a fiscal. So it's actually very good. Um, for what opportunities are there for Jamaica going forward? Well, um, you know, when I speak to tourism interest, um, they, their forward bookings are actually quite good. Jamaica is fundamentally still very strong, the underlying economy. You know, we have um, quarterly meetings with the Bank of Jamaica when I, while I was president of the PSOJ, and um, we meet with each sector, and each every sector is having is seeing underlying strength. No, we haven't seen, as Dennis pointed out, the headwinds from the slowdown in the U.S. economy. But um, what we know is that the Jamaican economy is has an underlying strength. Actually, um, GDP is actually exceeding the projections that we had for the financial year in terms of within the fiscal policy paper um, at 4.1%. So where there's an underlying strength to the Jamaican economy, what is our major gap? Our major gap is on the labor side, where we um, we just can't find the, uh, the skills to drive the growth that we have. We see a ton load of investments coming to Jamaica, near shoring opportunities, more hotel rooms. So Jamaica is poised. Once we get control of crime, right? And once we get, and once we are able to, uh, to 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 um, maximize the um, opportunities that we have by closing that labor skills gap, Jamaica is in a is in a good place. Levar wants to know if there are any downsides of accessing this IMF loan. You know, really, um, I can't think of any. I can't think of any un unless we. Don't use it for what it's meant to be used for, but I can't think of any. No, so I mean, there are conditionalities. I mean, there, yeah. there, there, there are small conditionalities to it in terms of what, um, in terms of that your that um, you set yourself benchmarks that you need to meet and deliverables that you meet within the program. Now, all of these areas, including like um, the fiscal commission, central bank independence. And all of these areas that um, are, are big pillars that we have covered. So the other areas I would say have been a part of our economic reform program and have been actively um, been worked on. So therefore, even if you if we are measuring ourselves against these um, benchmarks and whatever the IMF executive board signs off on in January 2023, those are those are um, we will have to do reviews because we have these facilities in place. Right, more work for EPOC. <laughs> Oshin says the only downside is that we have to pay it back. <laughs> yeah, it is a loan, not a grant. So you do have to pay it back, but it's a longer repayment period and at a lower interest rate. So that's a great benefit. Uh, Dennis, uh, for you, what opportunities are you seeing for 2023? Um, I think that a lot more IPOs are going to come to the market. Mm. Um, so I think the, the stock market is going is, is to be more active. Um, so I think that there's going to be a greater chance for persons to invest there. Um, I, I, I think that if we look at the, 
the the steps that are being sown in the in the economy in terms of looking at renewables um you see the JUTC has gone with um a first electric um vehicle um i think that's a way for us to go um because our, our main vulnerability right now still is oil uh, and the fact that we're so heavily dependent on it's you know carrying over two billion us dollars a year there um so I think there's an opportunity there definitely to take advantage of. Um, as Keith mentioned, the labor market, there, there's a huge opportunity there. I think, the, you know, when, when you look at the, the progress that we've made since the IMF agreement in 2013, the main weakness that we've seen is our inability to reform the labor market. And that, you know, I've been talking about it for a few years. That has finally caught up with us that you know, we, we, we have all these investments, we don't have the labor productivity that we need um, to drive it. And I think that's a downfall, but there's an opportunity there, um, certainly through a place like Heart, I think needs to take a more active role um, in getting that in place. Um, and I think tourism will continue um, to do well and has great opportunities there. Um, so I think Jamaica is in a, is in a great position um, the vulnerabilities are our labor market and crime. Um, those two things, if we can fix those two things, not just crime, but law and order. If we can fix those two things, I think that even with the headwinds coming out of the U.S., we can still see some benefit because we are, we are so inefficient in those areas that an improvement there will, will see an upswing. Great points, Dennis. Thank you so much. I agree. I think there's going to be quite a few more IPOs next year. This year has been a slow year on the stock market locally uh, and internationally. But I, if, if December is anything to go by, I think next year we're going to come out strong. Uh, Lady Shen says, I love the panel tonight. The knowledge being extended is top tier. So thank you so much, gentlemen. And Stronglink wanted to know if your your term at PSOJ has ended. Keith, yes, it did. You missed the yes, news. But we huh? have we're working on Project Star, so we want all of Jamaica a holdaway approach. We're going to fix the communities, work with the communities, fix communities, increase social cohesion, increase jobs. There's a ton load of um of of, of labor inside of these communities that are just looking for opportunities. So, so he's still very much stuff. involved with PSOJ. Metro Siaga is the new president, by the way. All right. Mm -hmm. all right. Thank you so much once again, Dennis, Keith. Have a Merry Christmas when it comes and all the best for 2023. All right. You too. You. All right. All right, Kelly. All right, Keith. Thank you. And Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to everyone. Wow. All the best. All right. And to our viewers, take tonight's poll question on YouTube or on Twitter. How was 2022 for you financially? Awesome. My money grew. Terrible, but it could have been uh, terrible. Okay, but it could have been better. Or other, leave a comment. What happened for you this year? Was it good? Really awesome. You had a great uh, 2022. Was it terrible? Was it okay? Not great, but you know, you survived. Or other, just leave a comment. And while you're at it, hit that like button. Up next, we've got your market recap, and the analysts are standing by. It's just one analyst with us tonight. Everybody ready for Christmas now? We're going to be looking at the new IPO that's on the market. Stay tuned. This segment of Taking Stock was brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. Time now for your market recap. 
The JSE Combined Index was mostly flat last week. 125 stocks traded across the main and junior markets for the week ending Friday, December 16, 2022. 61 made gains, 47 lost value, and 17 stayed the same. 118 million shares changed hands on the Jamaican dollar market, valued at $881 million. Wigton was the week's most traded stock. It took up 26% of market volume with 31 million shares trading. The stock was also the week's third biggest gain, up almost 19%. Wigton gained 10 cents to open the new week at 63 cents. JFP was the second most traded stock, with people buying and selling 26 million shares in the company. It lost 10 cents to open Monday at $1.48. And Jamaica Broilers rounded out last week's most traded, with 8 million shares trading. The stock opened this week at $30.04. Now let's see who had the biggest gains for the week. Palace Amusement soared 150% last week to finish the week on top. The stock's price climbed to $1,552.89 following news of a potential stock split. The newly listed Regency Petroleum finished its first week on the stock exchange as the second biggest gainer. The stock was up 74% from its IPO price to open Monday at $1.74. On the losing side now, T-Tech was last week's biggest loser down 28%. The stock opened Monday at $2.25. Iron Rock Insurance had the second biggest dip last week. The stock was down 25% to open the new week at $1.80. And Caribbean Cream fell 17%, closing the week at $3.20. Over on the Trinidad and Tobago Stock Exchange, the Composite Index was up almost 1% last week. Massey Holdings was the most traded stock. It opened this week at $4.49 TT. Grace Kennedy was the market's biggest gainer, up almost 10%, to open this week at $4.53 TT. And on the losing side, Prestige Holdings fell nearly 10% to open Monday at $6.02 TT. Over in the U.S., the Dow Jones dipped almost 2% last week, while the S&P 500 fell 2%, and the Nasdaq was down almost 3%. At the pumps, motorists continued to get small wins last week as gas and diesel prices all fell a further $4.50. In foreign exchange, it took an average $153.83 Jamaican to purchase one US dollar last Friday. That's 51 cents less than a week before. Meanwhile, it took an average $112.65 Jamaican to purchase one Canadian dollar. One British pound costs an average $188.28 Jamaican. And you could buy one euro for $162.13 Jamaican on average. Finally, on the crypto markets, Bitcoin prices fell last week, losing 3%. The cryptocurrency traded at 16,604 US dollars on Friday. It was the same for Ethereum, down 8% last week. It traded at $1,166 on Friday. This segment of Taking Stock, the Analysts, is brought to you by Jamaican National Group. We'll help you find a way. Disclaimer. This is not intended as financial advice. Please consult a licensed financial advisor before making investment decisions. Welcome back to Taking Stock. It's almost time for the analyst. Let me take a few of your comments right now. And I see quite a few of these comments uh, coming through. 
Let me see what we have here. Javon says he's here for a Santa case giveaway. That was Thursday, Javon. You missed it. He said it didn't happen for me last Thursday. Well, that's too bad because that's when the show was. We're not doing any giveaways tonight. Philip commenting on the spread on foreign exchange buy versus selling. Ooh, yeah. I, I have noticed that. And and the fun, the bad thing is, or I guess good thing, is that that actually has come down significantly over the years. I remember when Audley Shaw used to complain, complain, complain about the spreads, the spreads, the spreads. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it's still pretty bad. Roswell saying companies wanting to raise funds would work well when they come to the public for capital. Bank interest and payback period would not help companies' targets. Lavar commenting on the whole job situation. Jamaica has the talent to build this country exponentially. However, the compensation, the salaries are very low for some positions. Yeah, that's a big problem. Orville, I completely forgot to ask your question. I had highlighted it so that I could ask it last because I didn't want to mix it up with the economy stuff. And then it just completely slipped me. He wanted an update on the share buyback program. Uh, read JMMB. Uh, some of you guys commenting on one-on-one -on -one stock price falling uh, close to IPO price, now a dollar and change. You would have seen that just now in market recap. Malik says one-on-one -on -one going back to a dollar. Kilo realizing or noting one-on-one -on -one is dropping because the stocks are being sold more than it's being bought. And then Lady Shell, Lady Shen chiming in, stock prices will fluctuate in this IPO uh, in this financial climate, as IPO opportunities arise, people will sell, trade to reinvest and balance out. And that's indeed what seems to be happening. We do have an IPO out right now. And so you'll see the sell off. It happens every single time. And there are some of you who tune in every week and you love these opportunities because you're like, yes, other stocks are on sale. Let me just go wipe up now, clean up now at a discounted price. So it's time for the analyst just one tonight. I'm joined by business writer at the Observer newspaper, David Rose. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good, Kalila. As well. As well. Yes. How was Brenna yes. boy? It was good. It was very good. Apart from the the couple technical difficulties <laughs> that they had, the show was very very good. Can't complain. Mm. And Jenny from Instagram. <laughs> I'm sure. All right, so let's talk IPO because Image Plus Consultants is now seeking to raise up to $495 million. And that offer opens right after Christmas, December 28th, and scheduled to close January 11th. But like I always tell you guys, don't watch the close date. It is a junior market offer, meaning it's a small offer, so it can close early. What are your thoughts on, uh, on this uh, IPO, Image Plus? Well, from what I've gone through so far in the prospectus, it's a pretty good company based on what they've been able to achieve over the years and the different branches they've been able to set up. So, as in Lions Road, got a location of Winchester, Winchester Road, they're able to go to 129 Pro and Ligony, and then they've expanded into Ocho Rios, you know, the north coast. And it just goes to show that there are no, is enough space for different players in any industry. And this company is truly putting itself a foot forward in all regards. So they have 16 different devices fit among around six, five or six modalities. So, you know, you have your CT scans, your MRIs, your fluoroscopy, your, you know, all those different diagnostic imaging scans. But sure, simple of it is, 
companies growing. And, you know, while some companies chose to actually step back a little during COVID, they decided to actually expand. So they expand during COVID. It's paying off pretty handsomely right now. And they're actually looking to expand even further right now through this IPO. So this IPO is pretty sizable. It's not the typical $1 IPO that everybody is traditionally used to. It's priced at $2 <laughs> per share. Yes. And it's like the 1,000 share minimum is 5,000 shares. So it's actually $10,000 as a minimum, minimum. actually. Yeah, so it's entirely different, you know, kind of mix. And we kind of saw where the purposes came out on Friday and on Monday, the market just... <laughs> and we saw a regions which had just listed on Thursday hot down. And that's the first thing you're like, you don't really see companies so far in 2022 go up. And then the second and the third day, it all stopped. Like, that, that, that doesn't happen. Really? Regency went down so that the third day would have been yesterday, Monday. Monday. Yes, it halted down at 1.45. It should have those ones that are 37 today. Wow. And it went ahead at 1.79 yesterday. Wow. Yeah, we're definitely not used to that. We're used to those that, that first week in general, just going up and up and up. And you see doubling and even tripling of stock prices for IPO. So one IPO come out and mash up the next IPO. <laughs> no, one when IPO came out and mash up the opening week for a listed company. <laughs> because remember, until the funds are raised, the company doesn't really have any say. Regents already get the money unlisted. Apex has to push forward and try and get their money now. But yeah, that's really it. And we saw there were several new 52-week lows uh, yesterday, just you know after the pressure just came out. And it kind of shows, as the nation was highlighting, that a lot of persons are interested in the equity markets and these growing Jamaican companies. So, you know, Apex plans to move from their current location uh, on Winchester to a larger space. They're planning to expand their modality offerings at Ocho Rios. So they just move from their old location, a pineapple place, to a new commercial complex. And, you know, that's just one of the constraints that comes with uh, the medical imagery business, which is in this case, space and capital. So for example, you have some business which are asset light, you know, potentially like a remittance business or, you know, so probably like uh, something else, uh, probably like a digital technology business. And then you have a business like Elite or, you know, like in this case, Apex Radiology, which is capital intensive. So. The devices, the issues at MRI machines, the CT scans, the x-rays, these are not cheap devices. Use a lot of power and you have to be very critical in maintenance because the reason why these businesses have had such an opportunity to thrive is because the government services have not kept up to pace. So Apex Radiology actually established another partnership with the Ministry of Health and Wellness in 2019 where they actually take some of the public patients on the public health care system and you know do the scans at their locations and even their other their competitor which is elite diagnostic they're doing a ppp as well triple p public area partnership with the ministry of health and wellness and you know you've heard the stories persons go to hospitals and they're told the action machine isn't working the ct scan mm -hmm. machine isn't working they are MRI at this location and the reality is you have to get some of these scans done. The reality is you probably have a broken bone, probably have some tissue damage or something that needs to be examined 
under critical imaging. And this is where these companies, in this case, Apex and Elite, are truly benefiting. So mm -hmm. what we can basically expound on is the company has grown quite considerably over the last five years. So 2018, they were at $352 million in revenue. They had $777 million as of February 2022. Net profit moved from 32.45 to $94 million right now. And, you know, over the six months, they're up basically 56% in terms of in re revenue to $554 million. And keyword, keynote, it did $777 million in the entire 2022 financial year, which included lockdowns, curfews, and everything. Mm -hmm. And they're basically 71% on their way of what they did in 2022 financial year. And, you know, that's just impressive. And they've grown net profit and more than 253%, more than $124 million, which is above the entire 2022 financial year's net profit. So I did my extrapolation based on the company's current number of shares in circulation, the price to earnings came out at 9.01 times. So they're in a sense coming at a discount to the market. And if their expansion plans do pay off significantly, then it likely is going to be justified in the coming years, once the revenues in turn increase as well. So I hope I'm kind of expounding on the critical points that persons want to know from the IPO. And oh yeah, they actually can have a proposed symbol of IPCL, reflecting the company's legal name, which is Image Plus Consultants Limited. But the trading name is Apex Radiology. Right, and Learn, Grow, Invest, noting that they should pass last year's numbers in Q3. So very, very mm. impressive indeed. Um, and you guys, just a reminder, this is not intended as investment advice. This is for information purposes only. Please do your own reading. I'm going to be uh, putting out my review on this uh, this IPO probably tomorrow. Hopefully tomorrow. i just been under the weather, so I haven't gotten around to it. Started reading the prospectus, soon finish, and we're going to get that out for you as soon as possible, definitely before uh, Christmas, so sometime this week, hopefully tomorrow, we're going to be looking at that. Um, uh, one thing to remind people, uh, JMB Securities Limited is the lead broker. Yes. Uh, we're waiting to see uh, if who's potentially going to be a selling agent uh, because in the prospectus, it said other brokers, electronic application platforms. We're still waiting to see who that other broker might be. These agreements have to be signed and some stuff at the JCSD as well, so have to just wait and see. Uh, so hopefully, probably before Friday, we'll see the other selling agent come out and persons can, from other brokers, or other brokerage accounts other than JMB, can apply for the offer. Right. As Stronglink has a question. He says, are all these IPOs suppressing the performance of the main market? They mop up a lot of liquidity. As people get burnt from them, things should change rapidly. What do you think? Mm -hmm. No, necessarily suppressing the performance of the main market because we've seen companies like Supreme Ventures go up by more than 60, 70% this year. But today at $17, it's trading at around like what, $28, $30 right now. And you have other companies like Separate, which are trading like $50 or $58, trading at $70 right now. So the junior market is seeing more action, which is a function of how it's technically set up because main market is technically seen or has a greater type of liquidity situation in most cases. So 
more persons have shares in that instance, the top 10 don't have as much concentration ownership versus the junior market where you tend to find some of these companies having 90% or so top 10 controlling the shares, which results in a small public float. At the same time, these are companies that are going at a faster pace. So when the main market companies are going at a slower pace and persons might be interested in that. And on top of that, the reality is we're in a very different macroeconomic environment. So Keith and uh, Mr. Chung spoke a while ago about the reality in terms of the high interest rates. So we're seeing a lot more persons shifting their capital towards lower risk investments. In this case, your high yielding bonds or the fixed income instruments. So these junior market IPOs, and I say it's a person in the market right now, I've taken it into context, but you're, you are definitely seeing more interest or capital going towards the junior market. And to give context, the number of trades and the value of trades right now in this year have surpassed, especially in the junior market, the 2019 numbers. I remember really? that's a year. Yes, uh, I checked the data myself. So I remember the JSC publishes the monthly statistics I had every month. So if you actually track the data, we have surpassed considerably in terms of the, num the number of trades compared to 2019, and even on the value side is significantly higher. When it comes to the main market, it's not the same case for obvious reasons. When it comes to the junior market, we are many moons past that. So who that can give some context. So uh, the market has kind of come down the latter half of the year. We are still seeing new records being attained because Back in May, the junior market was all time high, and this market is felt subject to the realities of this higher interest rate environment. Very interesting. The other story I want to talk about uh, this evening, De uh, David, is Palace, Palace Amusement. So you saw that in Market Recap just now, they're up 150% after news that they're considering or about to consider a stock split. So they went from 600 something dollars to over a thousand finally cracking back the thousand at one point pre-covid palace was like two thousand dollars per share two thousand nine hundred to almost three thousand dollars per share exactly so what's the deal with this stock split so when can we expect to hear some news so the meeting would have been today and it's just episode disclosure within these coming days before the christmas day comes in or christmas weekend uh but it's pretty significant because it signals two things. One, it signals that the company uh, realized that, you know, they need to have a larger potential share base. So as you know, Palace only has 1.4 million ordinary shares. Compared to any other security in the JSC, there's no other company with a share capital base or issued share base that's small. Even in the case of comparison with Fastrich, they have more than 5 billion shares in circulation. But in the case of Palace, their issue trade capital basically equals the authors as well. So, you know, the company is, is it's really limited because think about Kalila. The top thing on 89%, about less than 200,000 shares are quote unquote free floating. And some of these shares are held by older persons who potentially have lost stock certificates or passed away. So, you know, they really that you know they need to increase the share float in one sense and then the second hand it also tells that the company is looking at the reality that hey although we're having these great movies personally come back to the theaters these higher costs are really putting a strain on us because remember when covid had hit palace literally had just finished building out the promo location and had no cash but the left staff members 
went to Scotiabank, got a loan, then, you know, they went to Victoria Mutual Investments Limited, got a loan to pay off Scotia and buy working capital, and it was two loans. One is a bullet payment at the end of maturity, other is an amortizing loan, which we start to see principal repayments and interest payments starting next year. And the thing is, the company is making gross losses as of the company's first quarter growth for September. So before you even get to paying staff, you're already losing money just from operating your business. And remember, this loan has to be paid back because it's actually a secure loan with some of the company's properties and land. So what's likely potentially going to happen is that they spoken to some potential stockbrokers or some financial advisors who say, hey, consider to raise some additional capital. We don't know how they're going to potentially going to do it, but they're likely going to need to attract the general investor base based on what we're seeing because a lot of persons have sentimental interest in Palace at the same time people really love the movies. I saw Avatar 3 and you know, saw Avatar 2, The Way of the Water, and the theater was completely packed out. You saw the ads initially before the film started, persons you know, buying a lot of food and everything, but the reality is these high prices are hitting Palace and they can only increase prices so far and no more. Uh, everybody's feeling effective inflation and you know, some businesses just don't have that pressing power to truly increase prices where they want them to go. So this the consideration of this potential stock split really says that it's really do or die at this point. Well, tell me something. How would this stock split improve availability of palace shares? Because the stocks, the stocks that are being split is not new stocks, the stocks that the same existing shareholders already own. So would this encourage them to sell? They could, they could always sell. So remember, you have 1.4 million shares right now, and you have about 200,000 shares in effect as free float. If they were to do, let's say, for example, a 1,000 to 1 stock split, then those 200,000 shares could potentially become uh, 2 billion shares and to be a lot more tradable for in one sense. And to say they're the rights issue APO, uh, you know, they could structure it in, in such a way that makes available to the general public and, you know, in the same breath, uh, creates an opportunity for a new potential strategic investor. And on top of that, it would improve the tradability of the stock. Because if you look at Palace before, the JSE changed its actual 100 unit rule to one unit rule. Pilots are trading in most cases less than 20 days in any calendar year. Think about it for a second. In any calendar year, trading less than 20 days for more than probably 200 or 300 days in the entire calendar year or trading days for the year. So the company stock hardly trades. And you saw that you know before the company announced its disclosure, the stock price was done significantly for the year. And I like that person that highlighted that point that, you know, Palace uh, uh, potentially needs to look at, you know, that new management or, you know, some different ideas because before the pandemic had hit, moving on from Trinidad, actually considering to stop shop here in Jamaica. And we saw even on in Trinidad, a company called Cinema One, which is on their junior market called SME, they actually, you know, raised IPO money to go debt and, you know, they got hit bad with the pandemic, but they're expanding now, and Trinidad is a lot smaller than Jamaica, but they earn a lot more from a per capita basis. And they are a movie town. Simon was expanding in Trinidad, so that shows you that the business has the potential, but it's new management to guide it in a different direction.
Interesting. Seems like Palace is going to be one to watch for 2023, Roswell saying. People aren't always traditional when it comes to going out for movies. We're in a streaming era, so there's that level of competition to compete with as well. Thank you so much, David. Uh, All the but, best for Christmas but, when it comes and the new year. Well, I want to talk one last part about the actual loan rate increase. But uh, Palace? Not, not Palace, the loan rates increasing for variable well, we loans. We kind of went over it with, with um, Keith and Dennis, so but, just going to skip that one but, for this evening. We're going to leave mm, it there for today, um, David. I was just going to mention the different banks so far that have confirmed, but... You have it in your Observer article, right? <laughs> no, more banks actually announced now, so Scotiabank oh, is actually... Oh, all right, yes, give us those. So who all, so, who all have announced rate increases, interest rate increases? So Scotiabank is actually announcing a rate increase of February 1. Uh, somebody is in, somebody shared their email. Did they say by how much? The specific amount, that I don't know. But somebody got a 1% increase on their loan. Then you have NCB, who is increasing the rate on personal customers, February 1 as well, between 0.23 and 1.75%. Uh, JMB says that they haven't confirmed as yet uh, the potential increase. And you... We haven't heard from Jane as yet. Then we always had, but FCB with this increase rates as of December 1. Uh, but yeah, I, I mentioned Sadicor Bank, I mentioned J, I mentioned First Global, I mentioned Sadicor and NCB. So, but BNS is increasing rates, and they were the only commercial bank out of 2022 that didn't increase rates on February customers. Mm. Yeah, that's going to have an impact in 2023 for sure. Uh, hopefully. When the BOJ starts bringing down their rates again, the banks well, don't take too long to follow suit. <laughs> well, economic theory and practice have said differently. When rates go up, they respond quickly. When rates come down, they take a lot well, longer to respond. In this case, they didn't respond quickly because the BOJ has been raising those rates for the past year and they're just now passing it on. So it hasn't been that quick. So let's see what happens on the other end. Mm, well, the BOJ kind of compelled them now, but... That's another story yeah, for another day. They can't hold it anymore. Thanks again, David. Enjoy your holidays. See you in 2023. See you next year. <laughs> we take a quick break. We'll be back with final comments from you in the chat. This segment of Taking Stock, the Analysts, was brought to you by Jamaica National Group. We'll help you find a way. Hey, moneymakers, you're not an official part of the family until you have your merch. Visit kalilareynolds.com slash store to order your t-shirt and your mask today. Let's get this money. All right, I see a lot of comments in the chat. Let me go through some of your final comments. D Griffith says, the year was good. My only regret is that I didn't get to buy into any of these IPOs. I wonder why, D Griffiths, you weren't prepared. Malik says, RPL not even reached $2. Ah, the impact of another IPO coming out in your uh, debut week. Devon says, thank God for Learn and Spurtree, because you made a nice profit from those. Lenworth noting that 37% is still good over such a short period. Indeed, it's only been a few days. To get 37% uh, return in a few days is pretty darn good. We've gotten so spoiled uh, from these IPOs. Devon says, SVL continues to be my saving grace this year. Lady Shen noting, be reminded some stocks are meant to be long-term investments and young investors go in to sell quickly, thus sending a shockwave to the market. 
The best time to buy stocks is when prices go down. Uh, Tawada saying the flippers are messing up the market. Steve saying, I think financial education is helping to change the economy in Jamaica. That's so true. As the general public has more confidence buying IPOs of Jamaican companies, thus providing patient capital. And he's also giving me a big up. Thank you so much, Steve, for helping to drive financial education in Jamaica. Learn, Grow, Invest says not all IPOs are created equal. Or as George Orwell says, all are created equal, but some are more equal than others. Javon again saying happy holidays to Kalila and all the money makers. Have a great Christmas and a superb start to the new year. Remember now to spend wisely this holiday as January has 60 days. That is absolutely true. There is no lie. No lie was told by Javon. January is extra long. January just can't done. And Tawada telling you to use your December bonus pay to pay off all your high interest loans. And then has the nerve to write LOL at the end because that is not an LOL type of comment. Just have to take bad thing, make laugh, yeah? Well, I want to thank you for being with me, sticking with us this 2022. It has been a quite interesting year here at KRM. And, you know, we were here to bring you the content. We will be here again next year to bring you more amazing content and let you know everything that's going on on the stock market and in the business environment in Jamaica and the Caribbean. I expect lots of great things for 2023 and beyond. Let me know in the chat what you are looking forward to for 2023. What is your biggest goal, your biggest ambition for the new year? What I want to say, let's get this money for 2023, right? Let's get some more of this money for 2023. We're going to continue educating you continue educating ourselves. We're going to spread the word with other people who need this information. We're going to share the videos. We're going to like the videos. We're going to subscribe to the channels. We're going to big up all the other creators who are out there creating content. Big up Learn, Grow, Invest in the chat. Big up Keisha Bailey, who you know has been a staple with us this year. Big up David, who has been another style worth with us in 2023. Thank you so much to all our sponsors this year. We have JN who came on this year. We had Proven who was with us earlier the year. Ideal Portfolio Service was with us earlier this year. Uh, who else have we had? JMMB, our day one. Bulwark Insurance, our day one as well. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? JMMB, Bulwark uh, I know I'm missing somebody. I'm so sorry if I'm missing you. But to everybody who has supported KRM in 2022, we truly appreciate your presence, whether it is by financially supporting our programming or just watching and commenting and sharing all the day ones. Everybody who's been in the chat, who just always comment, Kish in London, always one of the first people to comment. Uh, um, LeVar Henry, another person always commenting, very active in the chat every single week. Thank you so much for your presence. I truly, truly appreciate it. I appreciate you being here for everything that we do and looking forward to doing it again next year, taking stock returns on January 10 with our next show. So we'll take a, a couple of weeks off and we'll be back on January 10 to bring you more amazing information. Until then, I'm Kalila Reynolds. Let's get this money.
Christmas money. <laughs>